friends, Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, your podcast for IT business support, where we try to help you run your business better, smarter, and faster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am in day two of the ASCII Success Summit down here in Miami, Florida at the Marriott Maquis in downtown Miami with a great peekaboo look at the ocean. And I say that because the gentleman that I have with me this morning is a gentleman who loves the hot, sandy beaches of South Florida, Stan Lusant from Fluid Design. Stan, how are you? I'm doing well, Uncle Marv. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on today. All right. How are you loving it here back in my... You love Florida, man. You're always here. Listen, man. Last night, went down to South Beach, had some dinner, walked around, and I just... I felt revitalized once I saw the Welcome to Miami Beach sign. <laughs> and it's funny that we're, uh, we're not on the beach technically. And uh, I like to say I usually don't come here if I'm not going to be on the beach. But uh, here I am today hanging out with you and the rest of the team. Well, uh, I'm glad you came just to see you, first of all. But also you came to this event and actually were one of the speakers, gave a great presentation on how to be a successful one-man MSP. Yep, that's uh, so that's what got me on the stage here. I uh, shared the keys to success from a solo MSP who's hit uh, more than a million dollars in revenue. Um, the uh, One of my things, though, that I like to, although that's the topic of the, of the show, what I like to do is just say essentially how to level up your MSP because at the end of the day, there's MSPs of all sizes, from one pe- person up to 10 people, up to 50 people, up to 100 people. But there's always a next level. And the question is, how are you going to get you and your team to that next level? So you talked about today, in very broad strokes, publicly about some of the things you and I have had private discussions about. So you didn't go into a ton of detail. One, you don't have a lot of time uh, in this type of a format. But... It's hard to get across some of your points. And, I mean, there are some things that you said, like, for instance, get out of your own way, which is something I think a lot of not just uh, MSP owners, but just technicians in general, people in general, can't get out of their own way. People trip over their own feet every single day. And, look, one of the things I'm going to tell you is, you know, the MSP business is no different than any other business. And a lot of the things that I mentioned today you know, applies to us, but also applies to other people. And I actually think that one of my biggest strengths is the fact that when I got into business, first of all, I was really young, but put that to the side, I was always around other business people in other business professions um, or under other industries, I mean. And it was very interesting to see and understand how those people move and what they did. And when I started to get more and more involved in our industry, probably about seven years ago, I started to see the difference between what those other business owners would do and what business owners in our field would do. And the challenge in regards to what I say, tripping over your own feet, seemed to be more prevalent in our industry than other ones that I used to, you know, around the people that I used to be around. So that was very, very interesting or or an eye opener for me. So one of the other things that you mentioned, uh, your caption was, let it go. And I remember shortly after you and I met um, was the time that 
you know, I've let go of customers, you know, in the past, going back, you know, over my 20 plus years in the industry. I think I'm, I'm at 27 now. The, the hardest thing for us to do is to let go of a client if we're feeling uneasy about them, there's something that's just not right. My issue in 2017, my largest client, and when I mean largest, I mean they were by far my largest client. A big chunk of our income was from this client, and they were just gnawing away at my time, gnawing away at all of my quotes, trying to cut my margin. At one point, they were asking me to do a server refresh at cost of the equipment, and that's when I had to say, no mas. And I let that customer go, and boy, did it hurt. And it was something that you said on stage where, you know, look, folks, you got to cut the cord sometimes. And I'm thankful because I now have a new client that is paying me probably twice what they were paying. Now, I don't allow them to be the biggest chunk of my business anymore, um, but I've got several customers that have now filled that void and more. And that's very important. So the let go concept or, or, or idea, as far as I'm concerned, is something that people struggle with in many different facets. And, and what it is, is when you let something go, well, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. People rather have than not have. That's one of the things that I've seen time and time again. So the fear of not having is a problem. So for you, that customer represented a certain dollar amount, whatever that dollar amount was. And when you let them go, that dollar amount magically vanishes out into the dust, into the ether, right? And that is a big problem, right? That because as I mentioned on stage, right, this business is funding your lifestyle, it's funding what you do. You're spending, right? You need what's coming in. But the other side is this client was also taking away your peace. Yes. And what, you know, helping, you know, your ability to sleep at night and, and, and not stress. And, you know, they were occupying more time indirectly with you than they were occupying directly. And I remember the stories because you and I spoke about them. Um, but, you know, who wants to live like that? I mean, at the end of the day, I tell folks that, your business, you you know, the same way clients interview you and can fire you, you can interview clients and you can fire them. Um, it's a two-way street. And that's something that actually clients don't really understand when you let them go and you fire them. You know, they're like, but but what do you mean? But what do you mean? Like, well, listen, man, you're, you, you know, you talk down to me or you talk down to my tax or you don't pay your bill on time or why should I have to chase you for this? I had an MSB tell me a story of that he had a client that their rule is they would cut everyone's check, all the vendors, and they would have them in a basket and they wouldn't send the check out unless somebody contacted them three times, at least three times for the money. What? Yes. Is that someone who you want to deal with? No. So every single time I send an invoice, I have to take more time out of my day and have three touches with you for you to then send out my money. That is the most insane thing ever. So why would you want to have somebody like that occupying your time, your space, your resources, or, you know, delivering a, a superb service for them? It's just not right. But like I said, if you, you know, you've experienced it, right, you, you took a step back to essentially spring forward. You let that client go. You then had time to go and prospect and, and, and 
find people that filled that void, whether it was one or multiple. And now I assume, because I haven't heard any complaints in that regard, that uh, you're sleeping better at night without those guys. I am. I'm going to go back to your thing. Cause, so, I, I mean, I didn't have anybody that ridiculous. Because, I mean, bottom line, that's, I don't, that's, that's such a thievery in my mind that you're going to hold my money for work I've done for you and make me work more. So the client that I fired was also a client that years ago, when they were slow pay, I would add on a finance charge. And they told me, after sending a check and not paying the finance, they paid everything else but not the finance fee. I said, you still owe a balance. They're like, we don't pay finance charges. I said, I'm sorry? Yeah, we don't pay late fees. So do you not, do you pay everybody else on time? Because you didn't pay me on time, therefore you get a late fee. And she made a comment, well, we don't, and I said, listen, you can either pay the late fee or I'm going to find another way to bill you. You're not going to treat me. Do you do that to your electrician? Do you do that to your rent? Because I don't think you pay those late. You know what it is? People like to screw small business owners. It's just that simple. Um, I've had many dialogues. And once again, you know, having folks in other industries, I've had many dialogues where I'll give you, for instance, I've been told that, you know, some high earners, they'll not pay the landscaper, right? They'll not pay the pool person. And they will make those people beg for their money. And essentially, the reason is because the repercussion of not paying those folks or the small business, I just did air quotes you guys can't see, is that at the end of the day, what are we going to do in their mind? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I've told you this before. I'm going to share this with the audience. Oh, I will sue you. And I have. I've taken folks to court that have tried to scheme me out of money. I've done it for as little as $350. It is mainly principle to me. And I remember one time some guy (laughs) chose not to pay a bill after I told him he should replace his computer. It's X amount of years old. He refused to listen. He wanted me to work on it. So I did work on it. And I got it up and running. And it was probably five hours of labor. And we go to court. Spent the whole day there the first time. I had my laptop out. I was doing other billable work, so I didn't care. We then had to meet again another day. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? I said, listen, man, this is all about principle, right? Are you going to pay the full bill? If you pay the full bill, I drop this. We keep it moving. And I remember we go, we have a, you know, we can't agree on anything. So, you know, we get before the judge and he says, you know, Stan was just waiting for the computer to do stuff. And he shouldn't be waiting. He shouldn't be paid for waiting for the computer to do stuff. And the ju- the judge goes, when you go to a restaurant and you order a turkey, and that chef cooked the turkey all day and he basted it, right? He watched it. It was in the oven for, you know, whatever it is, six, seven hours. And every, every hour he checks on it, he bastes it. But he gets paid for the entire time that that turkey was being roasted. And the judge says, you got to pay this guy his money. It's just that simple. And that guy actually was in finance. So you can't have any judgments against you or you can lose your license. (laughs) And he came to the office 
and his hands were shaking when he had to hand over this cash and he wanted a receipt and this and that. And I said, listen, it's just a life lesson for you. You can't go around trying to screw people out of their money when they perform the service. I tell people this all the time. I've never taken a dollar that wasn't mine. I've never billed for a service I didn't do. It's just that simple. And I pay all my bills. So I want people to pay me when they're supposed to. I thought you were going to say that was an attorney because there's no way an attorney would have used that argument because they freaking charge as soon as they pick up the phone, whether they're talking or not. Well, I know a lot of people hate attorneys. Most of my client base is attorneys. I love them. Uh, I get along with them. We speak the same language. Um, You know, that's my experience. Luckily, you know, I deal with smaller firms mostly. So maybe that has something to do with it. But at the end of the day, I I can't tell you that I've ever had an attorney payment problem. I mean, reality is I tend not to have too many payment problems because how I do things. Um, And I'm the kind of guy that likes to take the lesson one time. So, you know, that guy, I don't know how I got his info or how he found me or who referred him to me. And I don't think I took a credit card at the start of the call, for instance. But I can tell you this, anybody else who was like him who called me for the first time and whatever and, you know, all that stuff is taken up front. But, um, you know, and to, to that date, I'd never had an issue until I had that issue. And like I said, this is how we rectify that from, from that point forward. So I've, uh, I, I've, I definitely learn from the experiences and I don't need them to happen multiple times or I can learn from other people's. I can tell you the one thing to do as an MSP, small business, whatever, is you got to establish the tone early. Do not let them step on you. And I remember I had a new client. Again, here's the, uh, this is going to make it sound horrible. You know, another rich client, you know, selling million dollar boats and treating vendors like you had you know, said earlier, making us grovel for our money, but yet they're making sure, you know, they get paid and all their stuff. Bottom line is they were late on a payment so late that it was past 90 days. I sent them to collections. And I remember the, the wife of the owner who I played basketball with, by the way, (laughs) she called up and she said, why did you have those guys call me? They were so mean. Yeah, yeah, they're mean. They're mean, but you know, you're you're an upstanding citizen for not paying me for right. plus ninety days. Yeah, well, you know, those folks, it's always your fault. And look, you know, in business, you know, obviously sell high, pay low. And, you know, these folks, like you said, this guy's selling million dollar plus boats. Yeah, he wants to get the income, but he doesn't want to have the expenses. He wants to keep as much as he can. And yes, it's it's damn right outright thievery as far as I'm concerned. But that's one of the ways in which, you know, these folks, you know, some of these folks have their money is by right. doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah you definitely got to watch that. But, uh, you know, it's very, like I said, it's very important to, like, you back to your setting your boundaries. I just want to comment on that. I call that the upfront contract. That's why agreements are so important. You know, one of the things that I see MSPs talk about, and I'm just going to just touch on this, is, you know, hey, a client declined to do something. Can I, can I have them sign this piece of paper to waive any liability that I might have for them not doing it? Well, if you go back to the concept of an upfront, agree, upfront contract, your MSA, your technology services agreement, or whatever it is you want to call it, or you know, should have already had a provision in there 
that would limit what your liability is, whether they do something or not, just in general. So I've always found that conversation to be interesting. And if you clarify, the, like you said, the tone of the relationship or what the agreement is from the onset, your entire relationship just goes. You know, I, I, I talked to somebody about, uh, you know, how to respond to a down server or, or an alert for a contract client after hours. And I said, there's nothing to do but execute and fix the problem because that agreement that we signed at the beginning already outlined what would happen mm. in that event. Yep. And that's the point of the agreement. That's the point of, of, of having proper MSAs and however, you know, all those different things is that we don't have to continue to revisit what happens if we've already outlined that from the onset. So all we do is run through, you know, is move in accordance with what that agreement is. And it's very important. Well, I know that you missed uh, yesterday. Our good friend Bradley Gross was on stage, and that particular uh, situation actually came up in his discussion, where he talked about the fact that you know MSPs are trying to send you know declination letters that we are asking customers to sign, and he's like, "Why? If you have an agreement, they've already signed. They've already agreed to what would happen if they didn't do something." So Bradley's going to have another session here, and that probably should be my note to say that we've we've gone a lot longer than I thought we would, just because you and I, you know, one we're friends, we're similar businesses, um, we always love to get together. Of course, um, we probably have to take one little shot at our good friend Chad. Uh, Chad, don't know what you're doing up in Toronto right now, but you are missing out on a fabulous sunny day in South Florida. He wishes he was in Toronto. He's 90 minutes out in the freaking woods. He's probably chopping down uh, some trees right now and <laughs> got his bulldozer out. But uh, no, in all seriousness, um, you know, for sure, Chad, uh, your, your ugly mug was, was on screen again. Yes, just it to was. Let you know. so yes, it everybody was. Everybody in Miami now knows who you are. But, uh, you know, this is always great, Marv. I always appreciate jumping on here with you. And hopefully, you know, the attendees today got to understand, you know, some of the keys that I've used to, uh, to, to, to build this business. But I just want to leave on this note, just say relationships is the biggest thing that I value, that I think will propel you where you want to be. And, you know, you're joking around about, you know, you and I communicating and us, you know, being up here for, for, for more time than, you know, probably you allocated, but that's because of the strength of our relationship. And I believe that whether it's your friendships, whether it's your business relationships, your acquaintances, you know, you just got to make sure to continue to bring value to those people and, uh, and surround yourself with people who bring value to you as well. All right, my friend, valuable lessons here, folks. You can always get this type of information when you listen to the show, listen to me and Stan. Of course, come to an ASCII event, which is where we're at, uh, ASCII Success Summit 2022. Stan, I'll let you get back to the conference. I know you got to probably get out on a plane here soon. You are a busy man. Thank you for the time. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it. And we'll be back soon. And until then, holla.